Good morning, future Alex. It is day 19, March the 27th today. And I'd like to talk a bit about how I believe negotiations are a game of preparation. Now, keep in mind, the advice that I'm about to give from my different encounters is highly subjective, and there's no absolute truth. While I do have a fair share of experience, both from almost a decade of entrepreneurship and and also a decade of customer-faced consulting before that, there are many more resources out there from far more experienced people, many books that focus on negotiating. But the one that I would recommend, which isn't just about negotiations, more about how to have conversations and especially tough conversation. It's it's formed the basis of a lot of my thinking and on this topic and how I approach things. The book's conveniently titled Difficult Conversation. It's by Douglas Stone. And it's it's a short read, so definitely something I'd recommend. Now, with that in mind, let me tell you how I approach negotiations. As with so many other things, preparation is key. You want to know as much about yourself, your negotiating partners, and work through possible scenarios. Brainstorm what might happen, put yourself in the other person's shoes. This is a pattern you'll see in politics quite a lot. Um, For a good account on how a state leader, for example, applies these tactics to really heavy decision-making, there's a book by Ben Rhodes uh, called The World As It Is. He was a senior advisor to Obama during uh, his presidency, and, and you really get an account of how a lot of the decisions were made by figuring out the scenarios and and forming appropriate actions and reactions for what might happen. Now, once you've done your preparation, the actual negotiation talk or discussion can go much smoother. Sometimes you'll be in a position of more leverage, sometimes you won't, and sometimes both parties actually think they have the upper hand. But once the talks begin, there are three things I've noticed again and again that I try to repeat to myself, kind of like a mantra before and even during tough meetings to, you know, keep the mind focused on them. Number one, be prepared to leave the table if you hit your limits. This is standard advice you get from any book. But to offer some additional depth to this advice, keep in mind you're only walking away from the negotiations now because your limits were set before the negotiation began. There's nothing wrong with rethinking those limits. You might have learned something new during the meeting and then come back to the other party with new limits and a new ground for negotiation. What others might see as a sign of weakness, I believe to be a power move. Breaking your limits during the meeting may lead you to regret that decision because it wasn't thought through. You didn't have time to think. Now, when I say breaking your limits, I don't mean the back and forth that is normal on on compromises during a meeting. Those are well-prepared actions and, and you need to find the compromise within a spectrum that you set out. What I mean here is breaking your own prepared hard limits, the ones you spent time uh, preparing before the meeting that ultimately will lead to a bad result for you. Those should only be reconsidered if you have the time to think them through and not because you're reacting to someone or something in a pressure situation. Of course, you might risk that they won't meet with you again, but on the other hand, you're risking going into a bad deal if you don't. Second advice is to be prepared to receive a lot of emotion. And combined with third, train yourself not to respond emotionally. These are two sides of the same coin, really, and where preparation really kicks in. 
You need to filter out those personal attacks like you're the one to blame. But also tactics that others may be using maybe unconsciously or even worse, consciously by means of, for example, NPL, that's neuro-linguistic programming. These can take many forms that try to make you doubt your strategy. Things like you're being unreasonable. But keep in mind what you've prepared and what your limits are. From my experience, an emotional response actually indicates a lack of preparation on the other side. For example, the experienced investor believes they're automatically in the stronger position towards a younger and maybe inexperienced entrepreneur, and they just didn't take the time to think through the scenarios. And then when they realize this mistake in the middle of the meeting, an emotional response and sometimes even morally questionable tactics may be the response they choose. But whatever you do, don't respond emotionally. Unfortunately, if you do manage to give an objective response, it will actually usually entice the other party to act even more emotionally. But you need to stick to your points. Iterate them again and again if you have to. And often, if you're stuck, it's just simpler to postpone the meeting. Be honest and say, look, there's emotions in the room that we can't solve right now. Give people time to cool off. And if you have to, you need to pull out completely. Now, regardless of whether you have a strong or a weak position, that is something that goes into the preparation but not the negotiation itself. You're there to argue your points, don't get emotional, and find that compromise on the spectrum that you defined in the preparation. That's where your strong or weakness is reflected. Now, not every negotiation will end in a positive result. Even those that do, there's, you know, a bit of back and forth. Sometimes it's more positive for you, sometimes a bit more positive for others. And the more negotiations you do, you learn from them. Generally speaking, I've found that a good negotiation ends with everyone not quite feeling as if they've got as much as they wanted. But they're not unhappy. That's all for today, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.